And the big goal is we want people to build better websites. I want to eliminate loading spinners online. I really want people to dig into the platform and build really cool stuff and change the web. Welcome to Pod Rocket. My name is Matt Arbusfeld. I'm the co-founder and CEO here at Log Rocket, and I'm joined today with a very special guest, Michael Jackson, who is a principal engineer and Remix team lead at Shopify and the former CEO and co-founder at Remix. Uh, welcome to the pod. Excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Matt. It's good to be back. Awesome. So, for those who didn't hear the first episode where you covered Remix, maybe you could give a quick overview of what Remix is what it adds on top of React Router, and just kind of give give folks a, the lay of the land. Remix is a project that was started by uh, me and Ryan Florence like two years ago, uh, right in the middle of COVID. We were looking for a way to build full stack apps with React Router. Uh, React Router is a project that has been around for a long time. Uh, a lot of people have used it for, for years now um, for doing routing and React. And uh, Remix is sort of more generally a compiler and a server backend for React Router apps. Uh, so it takes care of, you know, the server rendering piece. Obviously, we take care of, you know, running your app on. on we support multiple server runtimes, not just Node. So we also support Cloudflare Workers and Dino and Bun and a couple of others. Um, and then on the front end, Remix is basically kind of a, you can think of it as kind of like a browser emulation layer. Um, so Remix takes care of, you know, in a single page app, doing things like, you know, obviously the routing, what do we show on the page? How do we fetch the data? When do we fetch the data? Um, how do we do data mutations? Uh, how does that invalidate the data? When do we need to refetch data? You know, how do we load styles? How do we manage transitions between pages? Uh, things like that. So, and, and and the focus really, really is on the front end. Uh, the focus is on progressive enhancement. We we believe that like almost to a fault. <laughs> so you know your your entire Remix app works before any JavaScript loads on the page, and then JavaScript really is just used to enhance the user experience. I would love to maybe even take a step before Remix, and I remember using React Router. Maybe it was version one, and just was incredible how quickly you could build an app just by one one giant React component with a, a bunch of different routes in there. So maybe you could take us to the origins and of that and how you ended up getting started building React Router, and then we could kind of fast forward to where, where we are today. Yeah, absolutely. So React Router um, started as uh, my, my co-founder, Ryan Florence, you, he was hacking around with React, and I was at the same time uh, and we just kind of synced up on Twitter one day, obviously, you know, uh, oddly enough. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been using React. I built this little router. I was like, oh, I've been using React too and thinking about, you know, the same space. Let, let's see what you've got. And so we just started working on it together. And that was, golly, that was 2014. Uh, so that was like the year after React came out. Not a lot of people were really invested in React at that point. In fact, in 2013, it, it seems so weird to say it now, you know, 10 years later, but in 2013, when React first came out, it was kind of poorly received, uh, at least among the kind of web 
a lot of like the web bloggers and things that were that were popular at that time. Uh, you know, JSX was very unfamiliar to a lot of folks, and uh, and so yeah, it just didn't didn't go over well with a lot of people. I remember in particular uh, one of the the guys that I really followed and admired on Twitter. I remember him, you know, sort of poking fun at div on click, you know, because before that time you know, we had done a lot of jQuery, everybody obviously had, uh, and, you know, event delegation was, uh, was definitely the way to do things, right? Don't put the on click on your div, put the on click on the parent div or at the root element and, uh, use event delegation. And then, uh, and then you capture your on click and, uh, react had this very sort of explicit way of just saying, you know, div on click, and I and I remember him sort of poking fun at that and just poking fun at sort of other things about React, uh, probably not realizing that React was actually able to, you know, do the event delegation behind the scenes for you. And, it, you know, it's really, the JSX was really just a declarative way to sort of, you know, express your intent without uh, without specifying the way that it was actually going to be implemented. So, so anyway, for, for whatever reason, React wasn't received very well. And, but we started exploring it. I had actually hired Ryan to uh, to help me out with a project. I was working on uh, a Y Combinator startup back in 2013. Um, we were building a, a chat app, and uh, you know, I, I had gotten a little bit of funding, and so I I was trying to build like like a Slack kind of thing. Uh, and so we were building it in Ember, and uh, and I remember, you know, we we eventually sort of ran out of money and. I had hired Ryan to like, you know, help me just sort of stand up this Ember app because he has built, he had built this thing called Ember tools. Anyway, um, you know, we ran out of money and I was kind of like looking around at, you know, after that startup kind of died and looking around and just wondering why it had taken me so long to build what I wanted to build and why I felt like I was not happy with the result. And that, that was kind of what drove me to react. Like I was, I was, you know, it wasn't that I was smarter than everybody else at the time. I definitely wasn't. I was just kind of like, well, I I've used the current tools and I didn't really enjoy it that much. What else you got, you know? And so that's why I kind of started looking at react and yeah. So, so react router obviously, uh, you know, came along after that. And a lot of people were using react router and sort of, you know, building their apps in react and, and the router was an important part of that. And, and so, uh, so yeah, we've been building that ever since 2014, uh, and just sort of evolving it over the years. It, it was actually really, really awesome. I think preparation to build uh, Remix because uh, in 2015 we formed this consulting company, which we still have today, by the way. React Training. Uh, you can find us at reacttraining.com. But we basically do consulting for people who are using React. And so, um, you know, we, Ryan and I, for, for years, we traveled all around, all around the United States, all around the world, uh, to different companies. You know, we, we went to Google and we went to Airbnb and we went to Pinterest and we went to Viasat and lots of companies and we would train them on how to use, uh, React. And we would see, you know, their React code bases. We would see React router in production at, uh, at all of these places you know, it blew my mind when I realized that, you know, Netflix.com, I don't know if it still is, but at one point it was built using React Router. And, you know, that's an app that that I use, that my family uses, you know, it was pretty cool to see them using the, the tech that we had built. But yeah, we got to see it in production and we got to hear 
you know, from these people about the challenges that they were facing, you know, like how do you SSR react at scale? How do you, um, how do you code split at scale? What does that look like? How do you, how do you do like really cool, fancy page transitions like you're doing on netflix.com, you know, transitioning to pages of, you know, video and stuff like that. So yeah, we had conversations with lots and lots and lots of different people all around the industry about real production apps that they were building with React and React Router. And I feel like that was really, really great preparation for, uh, for what we ended up doing with Remix. That makes sense. So, so Remix was really meant to solve all those problems you'd learned over the years or sort of the layer on top of React Router to solve a lot of the common patterns that you saw different companies approaching. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like I said, when we, uh, when we started the company in 2020, you know, we, we kind of looked around and we were hoping to find like a framework that, you know, that embraced progressive enhancement, like I already said, you know, that was ready to run at the edge, uh, that used React Router, that got the concept of nested routing and we just didn't find it. And so what, you know, so we decided that we would, we would just go and build one uh, ourselves because, you know, we can't be the only ones who want to, who want these things. And, uh, and that's kind of how Remix was born. And then a, a year later, we, you know, a year into it, we, we actually raised money for it and we hired a team. And then uh, a year after that, last year, uh, Shopify approached us. They were building hydrogen at the time. They saw, you know, they saw a lot of good things happening with Remix. They wanted to build hydrogen on top of Remix. And uh, so it made sense for us to, to team up. So yeah, so we ended up selling the company to Shopify. Probably back, yeah, back in 2013, 2014, I was at, and we call Meteor, that was also in the front end space frameworks. Oh, no way. You were at Meteor. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I remember sort of like, we're like, oh, should we use React, React Router? And, um, and we ended up going a different framework, which I think was the wrong choice. We built a um, Blaze, a, its own oh, okay. framework. So, and I think one of the challenges in front end, and I wonder how much this played into a decision to join Shopify is it's challenging to really build a business around frameworks and to capture the value from, from building it. I guess, did you, did you have a plan for monetizing Remix? Did that play into like your thought process behind joining a bigger company or, or was it sort of more of just really good fit with Shopify? How did you kind of think through that decision? Well, I mean, I think a little bit of both, honestly, I think the fit really is a great one at Shopify. Shopify has been, you know, they've been really excellent stewards of open source projects for a long, long time. Um, if you do things in Ruby, you're probably familiar with a lot of the major, major contributions they've made in Ruby and the Rails space over the years. Like really big level stuff, like swapping out the whole, you know, just in time uh, front end for, for you know, the Ruby uh, was a major piece of work that just landed in, in uh, the most recent stable release of Ruby. But anyway... So I, I, you know, so we knew that they're good open source stewards. We knew that Shopify was interested in solving this problem because they were working on hydrogen. You know, the problem of how do we build great front end apps in sort of this modern, you know, wave of frameworks that's coming out. Uh, and they were, they were, you know, they threw their hat into the ring and they were participating in that. And so they were trying to figure it out and hacking on the same problem space that we were. At one point, the hydrogen was actually built on top of React Router, right? So they, they were very, very much, there was a ton of overlap. So we thought, okay, we're working on the same problem. We we believe in open source. We've been open source since day one. Uh, Shopify believes in open source. Shopify is great stewards of open source. So it was it was a great great fit there. Also, the you know the thing that you alluded to is yeah, it is 
it is kind of tricky to figure out how to build a business, right? I think whenever you're creating value, I think there's a business to be built, whether it's a, a service business where you, you know, you just sign contracts with customers and say, hey, we'll, you know, we'll support this thing or we'll do training on this thing. I had already been in a service business with a React training business. So I didn't, I wasn't super interested in building another, I, I call it a consulting business, right? Because you get paid for the time that you work. Uh, I was more interested in building a, a, a product business. So we were in, headed in the direction of building out hosting services for Remix that you could, you know, use to host your Remix app. And there was a lot of stuff there, you know, there was everything from like the CDN layer, how do we host assets and images and things like that, to how do we host the actual app. And the more we started like heading in that direction and sort of developing in that direction, the more I felt a little kind of out of alignment with our users, because, you know, I was going to, eventually what I was going to have to do is I was going to have to ask our users to come and host their stuff with us. And I think that's fine. If, if you want to do that, you know, there, uh, there are companies out there today that are, that are asking that of their user base. But, you know, it's like I said, we, we had a lot of real world experience with people who are deploying React Router apps all around the world and, and on all sorts of different infrastructure on Google Cloud and AWS and Cloudflare and everywhere else. It's, it's been my experience that the most successful technologies are those that integrate well into your existing stack, that don't try and replace it. You know, every once in a while, yeah, you have, you know, you, you take a look around your organization, you say, this just isn't working, we need a rewrite. And in that case, like, good luck, <laughs> because they're, they're very difficult to pull off. And, and lots of times what you end up with is just different bugs. You didn't, yeah, you fixed some bugs, but now you have different ones. So, you know, what we wanted to do was we wanted to fit into people's existing stack instead of force them to rewrite or, or, or replace it. And so part of the premise of Remix is like, it'll run anywhere. We'll run on Google Cloud, we'll run on AWS, we'll run on Cloudflare, we'll run on Fastly, on Dino, on Bun. Whatever backend you have, whatever contracts you have in place with your service providers, if, you're, if you've got a contract with Microsoft Azure and, and that's where your company deploys stuff, we don't want that to prevent you from using Remix. We don't want to have to ask you, hey, come and host your stuff on Remix uh, instead of you know, wherever you're already hosting and, and, and what you're already familiar with. So that was kind of a core philosophy of ours is, is we wanted to fit into your existing stack. And so, so there was kind of a, a little bit of like an incompatibility or a little bit of a misalignment, I guess you could say there, um, where I, I really just, I, I don't want to have to ask people, you know, to switch to something, to some hosting service that I was building. Yeah. If you, if you make it so easy to host everywhere, then not really a reason to host where on your guys's on your guys' servers, and then it kind of creates weird incentives there uh, in the model. Well, yeah, and the, and the big goal, right, is is we want people to build better websites. You know, we want people to, I want to eliminate, you know, loading spinners online. I want to, like, I, I, I really want people to dig into the platform and, like, build really cool stuff and it's uh, and, and change the web. And it's hard to do that if, yeah, if, I've, if I have to you know, have this ask of like, oh, come and deploy it with me. Turning to Hydrogen and Remix, how how do those two interact? Is Hydrogen an e-commerce specific layer on top of Remix or is it, will it become one thing? How What's sort of the future there? And 
and how you see those fitting together. Yeah, so we're working on hydrogen V2 right now. I'm not specifically working on it, but we we communicate with that team a lot that's working on hydrogen. And yeah, the plan is that hydrogen V2 is going to be a layer on top of Remix. So you'll build you'll build Remix apps, um, and Remix will take care of all of the you know server side rendering. Um, we'll give you the you know the links and the forms and progressive enhancement and all of the the hooks that you need to to build cool web apps. And then uh, hydrogen will be kind of the Shopify specific parts, right? I need to communicate with the Shopify API and need these queries and that that kind of thing is kind of how how it looks like it's shaking out. Hydrogen V two is uh, is still a work in progress, so not a hundred percent clear exactly what's going to be available there, but that's kind of the way it looks right now. As you think about the enhancements to Remix next year, will there be changes that best correlate to what Hydrogen needs, or do you think agnostically to Hydrogen, or, or maybe there's not even a choice there? Like, I guess, how do you balance requests that might be specific to e-commerce versus ones that if I'm a B2B app developer or enterprise tools, I might have different different needs? Yeah, understood. Yeah, so they... They've actually, i I think the I think the pairing is going to be really, really good because you know the needs of building a good e-commerce site. First of all, it's fairly common. Like a lot of the web is e-commerce. A lot of the most profitable properties on the web are e-commerce. So it's it's good that you know to make Remix good for building e-commerce. But I think the the things that we are going or the things that they are going to help us with or the requests that they are going to make of us are just going to help help remix be better for everybody you know like I'll, I'll give you an example like we have some experience with seo on our team obviously everybody who's building for the web does right and usually it boils down to you know put good meta tags on put you know put the right you know headers on the page and and you know things like that but it turns out when you like get really really deep into seo there are some more things that you can do. And there are some sort of more ergonomic ways to do things, you know, and so they can sort of help us under, you know, cause they've been doing it for a long time. And so they can help us understand, oh, you know, you know, what if you had an API that was kind of more like this to, to help out, you know, another thing that uh, affects a lot of e-commerce sites and a lot of sites in general is like third-party scripts. They just take forever to load and they, you know, they slow down the whole experience. I mean, this is something that you know, we obviously need to optimize for Shopify sites, but it's it's going to, you know, if if Remix has tools to help you optimize that, it's it's just going to help everybody who's building any site with a third party script on it, right? No matter what the kind of site is. So the way the way I see it playing out is really really favorably for uh, for Remix users, regardless of what they're building, right? Is we're going to get this sort of pressure from Shopify that's going to you know, make Remix better, but Remix is there's is not going to be Shopify specific, right? Remix is definitely going to be sort of a general purpose web framework uh, that's just going to get better from that pressure. It reminds me a lot of how React was within Facebook, and you'd see the occasional React feature that would seem very Facebook specific, but the fact that you knew React was being deployed at such scale kind of gave you confidence that this was solving problems at scale, many components, and so... I think it could be a very yeah very interesting to see how how the Shopify scale helps develop helps Remix really develop. Yeah, absolutely, very very kind of similar thing. Uh, I remember seeing a few like 
weird things in the React code base, like, but they were mostly just, I think, implementation things that came from the, like, like the build system, for example, that they used at Facebook. It was called Haste. And there was like some Haste stuff in the React code base, but it was more like stuff that you would need if you were actually like working on the React code base itself, not if you were using React as a, as a developer. With the initial thought behind Remix helping power Hydrogen, is there thoughts of having Remix be used in other places in Shopify, like the sort of the, the, the click to create stuff builder or other parts that, or, or is sort of the initial plan just to have it power Hydrogen? Yeah, so one of the cool things about uh, about the acquisition, the way that it happened, is the the CEO Toby was very involved, and so you know he's 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 a really cool guy. He's an engineer at heart. Um, used to be on Rails Core. Um, he's a builder, and he builds stuff with Remix, and he enjoyed it. You know, building stuff with Remix, and so when you have that kind of support at you know the highest levels of the company. It turns out, you know, it's it's a it's a really positive thing. You know, the the Shopify.com team right now, for example, is is rewriting Shopify.com with Remix. So it's going to be on our our main flagship, you know, website. And then there are, you know, lots of other teams at at Shopify who are building things with things with Remix. And I, I think it's coming from top down, you know, just saying like, hey, maybe, maybe you guys should look at using Remix, you know, because it's actually a lot of fun and and I think it can actually, you know, help out here and solve the problem. So yeah, it initially started with Hydrogen with our sort of developer offering, but I think it's it's going to be very widespread at Shopify uh, this year with lots of different teams using it. Many of our listeners are fun developers, they have a day job, but they're maybe interested in, in creating open source projects. And now I count this as like two very successful, you had React Router that led to your training company and then Remix that led to this acquisition. What sort of advice would you give to a someone looking to create open source projects and get into this ecosystem? How did you sort of approach the, the problem of, of what to build and how to build and how to approach starting a company in the space? Maybe one of the main pieces of advice that I would give is just to not be afraid to go against the grain. Like there are trends in development and it, it, it's it, it's funny because you see you see trends in other things like you you say oh you know food is kind of trendy or clothing is kind of trendy <laughs> development is also very trendy like you know for for a long time it was like oh everything should be static and uh, uh, what was it the jam stack right was like the kind of the trendy thing and and it's fine if if you want to build stuff that way that's fine I'm not here to like talk talk bad about the jam stack. But when when I looked at it, or you know, when we looked at it, it was just even though it was it was probably ninety percent of the developers that I knew were 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 talking about. We just we, we we didn't build that way, you know. We said no, no. We want we we think server rendering is actually really cool. Uh, we think you know HTTP caching is really cool, and running at the edge is really cool, and it can get you kind of the same benefits as you know what the Jamstack is after. And so we're gonna. We're, we're going to go in that direction. I mean, I think I went a little bit further back than you wanted me to, but, you know, like how I first came to React in the first place where I was talking about, you know, it was, it was not popular, and, but it was, it was just this thing that I felt like I was willing to try because I had totally used something else and just wasn't satisfied with it. And so I, even though it was, you know, a great community and a great 
uh, framework at the time. It just, I, I thought, you know, there's gotta be something else out there. There's gotta be something else that's out there for me. And, and I think that's how you can find things that, you know, that are maybe, maybe other people have overlooked, you know, it turns out when we started developing remix, we tapped into this community that was like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for building this because we were starting to go crazy over here thinking that, you know, the whole front end developer, you know, landscape is, is marching off and it completely ignoring progressive enhancement. And thank you so much for building Remix because we believe in progressive enhancement and now we have a tool that we can use that, that promotes this front and center, you know? So uh, chances are, if you think it's important, you know, you trust your own experience. If you think it's important, there there are going to be other people out there too who think that that's important. And so I think you just got to find your tribe. I've personally like had to kind of hone in on, you know, who my tribe is and what, what the people are who are sort of building the things the way that I believe in building things. And I've unfollowed a whole bunch of people on Twitter and followed a bunch of new ones and, you know, just kind of like figuring that out, figure, you know, finding my, I, 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 yeah, my tribe, I guess, is the way to kind of describe it. Just the, the people that my, you, you know, another way you could say it is my customers or my users, right? The, the people that I am building for. Yeah, I appreciate the kind of first principles thinking and not just following the herd and what the noise is about, but what actually solving as developers, what problems are affecting us. So it makes a lot of sense. When you go back to first principles, I think that's how you you uh, you're able to unlock, you know, new capabilities and people are just like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that dribbling is actually the most important part of basketball. Well, <laughs> it, it kind of is, you know, like if when you go back to when you go back to building, you know, web apps, it's like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, HTTP and using, you know, browser standards was like, like, I didn't realize how capable the browser is. It's like actually really, really capable. You know, there's a lot of stuff we've developed uh, in the last five, six years that anyway, sorry, I could, I could go on this for a long time. <laughs> what do you see as the next big problem to solve? Like once that's solved, is there web standards that will require a new approach or, or what, what's next, I guess, that you think is a problem worth solving beyond remix? So I, I think it's, it's interesting. I've, I've actually been, um, I mean, I think we all have been playing around a lot with, you know, chat GPT and, and looking at AI, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about like our, our industry kind of changing as a whole, right? Like writing code, yes, is important. And, and I think will be for a very, very long time, uh, or at least the ability to understand code and read it. But, you know, there are, there are some amazing you know, developer productivity enhancements that are going, that are like imminent, I think, you know, with, uh, with some of these tooling that's coming out right now, you know, I saw a demo of, you know, chat GPT that was basically, that was basically finding exploits in your code base, you know? So like the whole, the whole world of like, you know, security auditing and software is going to change drastically which is, which is huge. Right. And it's obviously very important. Uh, it's going to change drastically when, you know, that stuff becomes more mainstream. Uh, so getting into the, into the space of writing for the web or, or like building remix apps, I would love to, 
see more experimentation on that front. Like, what is it? What is it like to to code at a higher level? You know, what is it like to you know just sort of describe or declare you know the the app that I need to be built, and then uh, you know have good help, good high quality helpers uh, to sort of help me build it either right there in my editor. Uh, you know, as a as sort of plug in for VS Code, or or you know, p- potentially, um, you know, I could say it in English, and then the the computer would kind of help me write the code. And 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 I'm speaking like very hand wavy about this because I honestly don't know a ton about it, but the inkling is there. You know, I have got like this spidey sense where I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole industry is about to like totally change. I don't know if you felt that. Yeah, no, I, 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 especially with primitives like Remix under the hood. It feels like a lot could be done building on top of something like Remix to say, say, take the e-commerce example, like show me a show me a banner with six products that shows so and so, and then it could generate code on top of Remix that that does that. Feels like a not so distant future. Well, yeah, like the the machine could totally understand the framework that you're building with, right? And and could look at, you know, and you can train it by looking at examples, apps, and blog posts and documentation. And it's like, oh, okay, I know how to build remix apps. Let me help you out with that. You know, you give give some uh, you know, and 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 you know, maybe have like a remix, you know, the remix assistant, right? Sitting there in your VS code that's like, hey, let me help you write your uh write your loader here. What API are you talking to again? Oh, the GitHub API. I know that API. Here's the sort of function signature for the API call you need to make, you know? Be really, really cool. I mean, TypeScript honestly is kind of like getting there, right? Is uh, with the sort of IntelliSense stuff, but but this could be even yeah, one level above that, I think. In a few years, uh robots will be writing all of our code, but um no, I think <laughs> I, I, I'm sure, you know, like instead of just Googling lots of articles, hopefully in our editors, we can, uh, we can code even faster and more of enabling. Yeah. I think, I think the real power is like augmenting, right? Aug- I, I think the real power of AI will be like augmenting what humans have been sort of like capable of and, and like helping us to achieve like what we have kind of been dreaming of, but like, oh gosh, you know, who has the, you know, the cycles to be able to produce that, you know, quantity of work or, or whatever, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think if, I think if you don't have a good ideas, I think AI is not really going to help that much. Uh, awesome. Well, yeah, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much, Michael. Any, any last call outs you'd like us to make on the pod or direct folks anywhere? If you're interested in learning more about Remix, we've got our website at remix.run. We'd love to, you know, we've got a really active Discord community. So hop in the Discord or hop on our GitHub. Our GitHub is remix-run. You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at remix underscore run. We've also got a conference coming up in May. We're going to be in Salt Lake City. So if you're into, you know, hanging out with real people, uh, we'd love to see you there. Um, So yeah, you can can learn more about that on our website as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Michael. Good to chat. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Take care.